What episode is this? 30. 30. Can I say it? Dirty 30. Welcome to episode 30 of Teach Me Tiger. We've been wishing and hoping for you guys for a while. We finally made it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. get filthy <laughs> let's get dirty <laughs> i hope you guys know what you signed up for <laughs> what is this podcast sarah it's a porn cast oh sweet cool <laughs> we're in the right place <laughs> i just decided that now we're changing topics Do oh wait you're asking yeah. me really this yeah, is yeah. a this is a podcast where we invite our smartest experty pals and ask some questions of stuff we want to know about, and we think that you guys might want to know about it. Yeah. And then our friends answer it the best that they can. <laughs> and we have the best time ever. We have the best time ever. <laughs> we eat snacks into the mic. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, Adam. <laughs> Adam Bolt. Adam Bolt in Victoria, British Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I miss you, Adam. How was everybody's week? How was your week, Sarah? Anything interesting? Week peak? Oh. <gasps> Oh man, that's gold. Week peak. Uh, my week was great. I think it was great. We had taco bowls for dinner last night. That's fucking a peak. Uh, I love, that's a peak. Yeah. I love fucking taco bowl. Do you, you buy the me? bowl already no, made? I wish. Oh, okay. uh, I just put it in like a bowl oh, and I okay. eat it with like, with chips though, with okay. the tortilla chips. Um, and I have a bag of Fritos at home that I bought a impulse buy and nice. it's there. And my family won't be there when I get home. Nice. So I'm going to go home, and I might get a little bit stoned, and I'm going to watch Queer Eye, and I'm going to eat some Fritos and draw some <laughs> tattoos. That sounds like the best day ever. Yeah. And I went to the Perth cheese shop yesterday. Oh, Holy no. shit, you guys. It's amazing. Let's move in. I haven't been yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Is yeah. it just all cheese? All, all kinds of stuff, but like, oh. yeah, all cheese all day, for wow. sure. And she loves cheese so much. She's so passionate about Ooh. cheese. She's as passionate about cheese as I am, if not more. I yeah. guess more because her business is about cheese. <laughs> You'd make your business about cheese if you could. I could, yeah, I would. I told her I dabbled in dairy and she loved it. And I was like, I dabble in dairy these days. So, but we just window shopped. So I wouldn't let Greg ask for samples because I knew we weren't buying anything. Mm. And he was really disappointed. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> and they sell the back 40 cheese, which is. They do. Cool. And it's back 40 cheese. It's not cow cheese, right? It's like goat, goat or something. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Is there sheep too? Because I, I want a milk house. The milk house dairy. They're in Smith Falls. Oh. And there's it's all sheep's milk, okay. and they make Ooh. cheeses. You know what? Farm. She was telling me about them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really awesome place. I got to milk goats for a day. Well, I got to go what? watch them milk sheep for the day. People <laughs> tune in to hear about YouTube videos. Obviously, I saw the most amazing YouTube video of a. Uh, baby that was nursing from a cow 
<laughs> oh, yeah, you told me about it's that. It's giant mouth. <laughs> it was the funniest. And it was a little disturbing, actually. How did you find he was milking? a little older, right? Like the, the sheep. Two or something? Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> did you find it a little how disturbing? was your experience yeah, milking the sheep a little disturbing yeah <laughs> um, the video was a little disturbing yeah. but yeah watching sheep milked is pretty i've never milked an animal but myself so uh, we didn't, they don't milk them by hand which is oh. sad i would rather milk it by hand yeah but no they have too many they have to put them on machines huh. it's fun to watch neat how was your week Shazay? i had a really good week What'd you do? I had fun with you. Oh, we had fun. Teaching sex ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did gender issues this week, mm-hmm. which was super fun. And the kids were super involved. Mm-hmm. And it was really lovely. So that They was were amazing. Yeah. Cool. What yeah. kind of questions did they give you guys? Anything really interesting? No, it's not so much the questions, just how, like, just engaged they were right. in the conversation and open. And just, you know, to them, it was like... Of course we accept everyone the way they yeah. are. Like, it seemed like a nonsense to them that it was even a thing that you wouldn't. Right. Which to me was, like, so beautiful. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, right, of course. I really loved two highlights for me. It was both with the younger group, which I had uh, low expectations, <laughs> to be honest, because the last time they were really a handful. But we made some changes and seating arrangements and stuff. But... uh at one point we were talking about gender expression and, you know, what you wear and like ways to express yourself with your clothing and your style. And I said, you know, like Brick Valley is a pretty neat place, you kids, because I've seen a lot of, you know, boys, long hair, girls, short hair, nail polish, this and that, you know, like it's and and all the boy, every single boy was like, yeah, I love having long hair. I love nail polish. I used to wear a dress. I love wearing dresses. And they were just so cool and open and like just didn't think it was weird. Yeah, not, but in, you know, general society, it might be taking a second glance. And that was cool. And then we also had one of our students, we all said like our preferred pronouns. And one of the students said that they would prefer to be called they. And I was like, fucking right. It was a good moment. Yeah. yeah. Boom. How was your week? It was good, but I just realized we jumped into how was our week and we didn't introduce you guys. Oh. <laughs> Who are you? Who even are you? We have the marvelous midwives. We have Becca and Jose here. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jose and my preferred pronouns are she, her, and hers. Perfect. Oh, yay. And I'm Becca and all of the same. Hooray. You guys know me. I'm Sarah. I don't care what you call me. I'm Melody. Just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, hey What are your preferred pronouns, Melody? Uh, she, her, her, and mom! <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> don't Least fucking favorite. call me mom. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I demanded changing my name one day to the children. I'm no longer mommy I've done that so often. I cannot be. My grandmother used to tell my aunt Laura that she was going to change her name to Philip because Laura couldn't say Philip. She would say Philip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she threatened all the time. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me mom. Call me Philip. Maybe the kids could just call me dad and then they'd talk to me a lot less. <laughs> that would be great. They wouldn't look for me to problem solve or anything. I can't oh, believe so how true. often my children will leave a room, like get off the couch beside Greg and come find me to get me to come there and deal with the thing that's happening. It's like that guy there, he's also a parent. Like he can do that. He can get you some fucking water. No, get your own water. What the hell? Yeah. Default parenting. I hate it. I'm the default parent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the bath. Where's that guy? 
Who hangs around our house? <laughs> <laughs> Who is he anyway? Okay. Now you guys were both, well, it shows a, you were Sarah's primary midwife, right? With, yes. with, um, Eli. Eli. What's that guy's name again? What's that guy's name? <laughs> Who that? Rebecca was at the big show. I yeah, know. I got to do the show. I got the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all fun, but I got the, like, the party. real fun the party. part. The yeah. party time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually how I called my birth partners to come when I was in labor. I sent Parties. the text and said, do you guys like to party? <laughs> <laughs> and you guys said, yes. Yes. Right now? We did. And then you yeah. came. But, yeah. Uh, and Aaron brought beer. So cool. Aaron brought so, beer? Yeah. Brought Greg a beer. What so. a gal. <laughs> yeah. She likes to party. <laughs> she so does. everyone in this room right now has seen my vagina. That's yep. true. We're so, so lucky. True. Wow. Well, we should get tattoos to commemorate. <laughs> yeah. I'll tattoo my vagina on all of you. Perfect. I wouldn't Perfect. be able to recognize it in a lineup, but mm, mm. yeah. I, That'd I be a fun have. party game. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's, you know, and like just mix and match. You can do it with penises and vaginas. This is super fun. Who's is who's? You get to guess. There'll be surprises. I would probably oh. be the worst at that game, though. Because mm-hmm. it's not something you look like. It, we, you're not. Yeah. You, it's such a different lens. It's about what's like it's inside clinic, yeah. going yep. on. Yeah. So I don't look at what's outside. So you didn't get into midwifery to see snatches? <laughs> that wasn't. That wasn't I the only. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And like watch women poop. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. That's just a bonus of the show. Yeah, just a bonus. <laughs> like it's a highlight. <laughs> cool. It's the high-fiving moment of our life. Yeah. <laughs> In weird ways. Yeah. We get excited about bodily fluids. Yeah, yeah I guess doesn't? we would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mucus plugs? Come uh, on! Yeah. Yeah. Give me a good mucus plug any day. Bring it on. Handfuls of it. I love it. Yep. Actually, Sarah's husband, Greg, is known sometimes as the doodla. Yeah. Because he's so, he, I think one of the first times we met, he asked about my mucus plug. That's not true, but early on. Yeah. Yeah. He's into a good mucus plug too. (laughs) He's a good doula. That's why he's my sister husband. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And you guys work for Generations Midwifery. That's your collective. Yep. Generations Midwifery Care. So we have our main office in Brockville and we are separated into kind of geographic areas around Brockville. So we cover. I covered typically Kempville. I've got um, like Perth, Smith Falls, out to Merrickville, and then up towards Brockville, Athens, Delta. Everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere All the places. All the places. (laughs) Cool. So... How was your week? Did you talk about your week back then? No. Um, my, my Monday was like your Friday. It was like my first day off call in a while. And I got to like, you know, cry my little eyes out over silly rom-coms in like in a good way, crying and, and, uh, hang out eating chips all day. That sounds great. And playing with my chickens. So it was, uh, in, in my world, it was a perfect day. The sun was out. The chickens and the ducks were, yeah, just being really cute and sweet. And I, I love my chickens. Chickens are addictive, and yes. yeah, yeah. Mallow's got the bug. She's got hooked, bug. man. She's always like hatching chickens and experimenting. Mm. I'm not as I don't. Eh. <laughs> you just have a rooster. I just want to eat. The, I know we have had a rooster for two years with no chickens. Oh, poor guy. He, he tries to mate with the ducks. <laughs> so, you know, he gets it on. He gets, you know, <laughs> he gets one him? off. Do well, they- he, they let him get on them. <laughs> he can't like touch his, uh, what, 
Clo- they can't perform cloaca. the cloaca kiss. <laughs> no! No! no, they can't. But he's, I think he's having a good time. <laughs> yeah. And the ducks are like, oh my God, fine. Cool. Are we, we going to play icebreakers? Yeah, let's do it. Can we play the song? Yep. Roll up your sleeves, pull up your socks, reach on into Melody's box. Icebreakers. <laughs> Yeah. Is that great? <laughs> so, so now we get to reach into Melody's box. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> That's why we made so many box jokes. Right. That then we're like, we need we to need write a song. A song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> What's your best scar story? Oh. Do you have any cool scars? Oh. That's a good question. Right? Fun. Hmm. Um, I don't have any cool scars well, on my forehead, but... What happened to your forehead? Yeah, I was a kid and I fell in a construction site. And oh, like, oh. A nail oh, yeah. went into my. A nail went into your head? Yeah. Oh my God. That's Maybe it is a that's cool. cool. <laughs> Jeez. A nail went in your head? Yeah. That's Fuck. Pretty How old were you? Yes. <laughs> Did you survive? <laughs> How old were you? I don't know, maybe four or five. Like, ah. Pretty little. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Um, I have a funny, like an embarrassing scar story. So I have this little scar over my eye, under my eyebrow, but over my eye. Um, and I was going to university in Guelph and taking the Greyhound home to Peterborough for the weekend. And I fell asleep and the bus went over a bump and I whacked my head off the windowsill. Oh, oh no. It was bleeding profusely, but in the window seat and, you know, there's someone beside me and anyway, bleeding. And there's a permanent scar from falling asleep on the Greyhound bus. Oh, oh that's so sad. Did they, help, yeah. did they help you? Did you try to hide it? I didn't it? tell anyone. Oh. Just like shoved something something up against it. Yeah. I would have made such a big deal about it. I'd be like everyone, look at me. Yeah, <laughs> My better scar story. I have a stretch mark, which I would consider some kind of scarring through yeah. my tattoo of the. I have a tattoo of a globe, like the world. Yeah. So my world is skewed. Yeah. And I just find that really fitting, and it's my my favorite scar because it skews my world, and you know. That's just cool, cause yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sarah? Oh, is anybody else? No, I don't know. I you have a scar there. Oh, is I that have, just from an eyebrow, right? Yeah, I have a lot of like piercing scars. I have a funny stretch mark piercing scars. I had four belly button rings. Like I had one belly button ring, and then like three surface piercings in like a cross around my belly button. Because I liked piercing myself. <laughs> and then when, and then I took them out, like when I was, you know, 17 or something. And then when I was pregnant, I got stretch marks shooting from those places. Ooh. And so I have like crazy, like, in, wow. in like a star around my belly button. Like your light, like your belly button was hit by lightning or something. It's exactly like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think, oh, and then I have chicken finger. Which is just a tiny scar, but I like to call it chicken finger because one time I was slaughtering chickens the first time and it was really cold and I couldn't feel my fingers and I severed my tendon. (laughs) But then I came inside and drank a bottle of wine like right then, which was my plan the entire time. I was like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be miserable. It's freezing rain. It was a nightmare. And I'm going to come in. I'm going to pound a bottle of wine and then everything will be fine. It'll be great. So I came inside and before my fingers could totally warm up, I drank a bunch of wine and then I couldn't really, I was like, it fucking hurts, but you know, and then the next day I was like, I can't really move my finger. I think I severed the tendon. 
And everyone who had stayed over to help us with the chickens, they're like, no way. You'd be a mess if you'd really severed the tendon in your finger. So then I went to work. I was waitressing and I couldn't, as the day progressed, I couldn't, like, it was getting so painful that it was making me, like, dizzy. Then my fingers started turning, like, blackish and reddish. (laughs) And then... By the time I was like, I gotta go, I was like slurring my speech and I don't remember the drive home. It was like I was driving drunk basically. And I got in and Greg said he thought I was like wasted because I was like, I guess my body is going into shock or something because I was just slurring and like stumbling around. I was like, fucking finger. <laughs> and then we went to the hospital and all the kids were in the car. So Greg and the kids stayed in the car and I went in and then they like, freaked out and they're like when was the last time you ate blah blah this and that and then they were like talking i could hear them and they were like we're gonna have to amputate the finger and i was like oh no what's going on but then long story long uh it's because i got a tendon sheath infection oh and it that's what had happened and then but then they put me on like iv antibiotics and i had to go to the hospital every day for like a few weeks and they put me on oral antibiotics and i just have to every day they checked and they didn't cut my finger off so still got got it it. but it it has limited mobility and when it gets cold it like acts up and i'm like oh it's the chicken finger (laughs) (laughs) so you don't have hens well uh, you know what and i still slaughter chickens every year twice a year so it's Mm. but i don't like cutting chicken legs off that's what had happened it was a cutting a leg and i still try not to actually i've been good that's my favorite part yeah perfect (laughs) chicken sisters how about you, Mel? Oh, mine's really embarrassing. Oh, good. I have a scar. Okay, I have two scars on the inside of my one ankle. One is because I was out dancing at a Halloween party, and a guy dressed as Santa Claus dropped a beer bottle, and it slashed my ankle. <gasps> Ouch. It, it. I'm making it sound Santa. worse than it was, but I have a scar from it. Yeah. And the other, I think I was at the same bar and went home with a stranger. <laughs> yeah, yeah super drunk and then burned my ankle on their like radiator <laughs> because Ouch. I was so drunk I didn't notice I was getting burnt until oh. and we were you know mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you know <laughs> Ooh. I once got the tip Chatty. of my toe cut off at a bar because someone had dropped a glass and no one cleaned it up and I was wearing flip flops why were you at a bar in flip flops Sarah um, it was like a, it was like a patio style okay I, I'm just a classy broad. <laughs> just back off me. And I stepped down and I didn't notice I had cut the tip of my toe off because the, it was so sharp. And I had been drinking because I was at a bar. I was like right. 17. Until my, my sandal like filled with blood and oh. I took a step and it was like splash. And I guess since I'd been drinking, I was bleeding a lot. So that was funny and gross. Like there was a little piece of my toe on the ground. Did you? Glue it back on? No, I went into the bathroom and they had like someone who like worked in the bathroom. <laughs> it was stupid. And she helped me just like wrap paper towel around my foot and I went back out and kept. Is it misshapen now? Or uh, like how much of your toe? No, are we not talking? really. Just a little bit. Screw just back. like a little tip. Okay. Just the tip. Just a little tip. Just the tip. There you go. Plug yourself. There you go. <laughs> are dangerous places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, wear good footwear yeah. at a bar. Steel toe, Steel toe boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it get, and like, don't go home with anybody strangers. who sleeps on a mattress on the floor next, next to, to the radiator. radiator. Yeah. So life lessons, gang. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> 
So how's everybody feeling? Is your ice, your ice broken? Broken? Ooh, you have a yeah. warm puddle around your feet? <laughs> that <laughs> yes. might be a problem. That's, in our line of work, sometimes <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Icebreakers. All right. Let's get to business. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Pump, pump the jam. Pump Do you want to start? Do you want me to okay. start? Yeah. Okay. Sarah and I both, you know, went through our pregnancies with midwifery care. I don't know if you were with doctors uh-uh. at all. Yeah, I was just with midwives. But a lot of people don't know a lot about midwifery. So do you guys mind briefly explaining the difference between midwives and doctors and the different experience that you might I also get put either? in their doulas because yeah. when I was doulaing, mm-hmm. people would be like, Oh, cool. So you're like a midwife? I'm like, no, I'm not a midwife. <laughs> so that too. Keep, yeah. I thought that would be good to put in there. How about I'll describe a doula and then you can do the other. So doulas um, are typically women that will take specialized courses in helping to support women in labor. So the role of a doula is to be the person who's rubbing your back and who's bringing you the things you're asking for and is trained in comfort measures of pregnancy. So Mm. what kind of massage works and what kind of, but also recognizes the stages of pregnancy to be able to help support women through those different stages. And their partners. And their partners. Mm. Yeah. And also a role of advocacy. So, you know, you see doulas who are working with women in the hospital and they might not have midwives. And so doulas can be really good advocates for clients in helping them to stick to or have their birth plan respected. And are they covered by OHIP? No, not yet. Um, there are some doula organizations in the, especially in the Ottawa area, that um, sometimes have some volunteer or some women that volunteer to do to support women at births, especially if they're doing their certification. So you can become, you can be a doula who is certified or who is not certified. The certifying system is DONA, which is the North American system. There are a couple. I'm sure there's more than one. Kappa DONA. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, quite a few. So some women, when they're looking for certification, need to have finished a certain amount of births and need to be evaluated for those births by their clients. And yeah. Cool. Um, so in terms of doctors and midwives, I think it's um, there are very few family doctors still doing births. And there are multiple reasons for that that are very sad. So I think we'll stick to more like OBs versus midwives. Right, right. And it's not really a versus, but anyways. Because so- you guys would kick butt. <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> So, and midwives do very much a lot of the same work. Um, so, most of what we do is the same, which is really lovely. OBs, however, are um, highly specialized and they're surgeons. And so, they right. are much more into being able to deal with things that get complicated. So, when pregnancies get complicated or when births get complicated, the OBs are our go to people because they're trained in high risk, sort of more emergency care kind of stuff. And they do surgeries, which midwives do not do. Midwives are um, specialists or not specialists. We are experts in normal birth. Um, and so that is what we train in. It's what we learn in school. Yes, we learn of all the potential complications. And we also learn to deal with most of the common emergencies in childbirth. But we do not do surgeries. We stick to normal. And because we stick to normal, we're usually very, very, very skilled at keeping birth in the normal and helping people to sort of like put all the chips on their side in order to have a nice normal birth. 
Right. I, I really liked too that my, my doctor would never do this, but, uh, Jose, when you were my midwife, you would come to my house for my visits. And then my children got to be there and listen to the baby's heartbeat and really got to normalize the idea of birth and pregnancy. And then even with other midwives, with other children that I've had, <laughs> so many children, <laughs> uh, you know, I take the kids to the midwifery clinic and there's like a fun place for them to play and they could come in and sit on the couch. And it's just like cozy. Mm-hmm. I felt cozy. There's like always a little blanket I could throw over my shoulders and mm-hmm. love it. I think one of the main differences between um, OBs and midwives for me is the amount of time that midwives have to spend with clients. It's a super huge luxury that we have that OBs don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, We have the luxury of time. So we have time to sit with people. We have time to learn about their lives. We have time Mm -hmm. to get more invested in their lives. We have time to talk about all of the stuff that we talk about in pregnancy, which is... Like the emotional stuff. It's not just your body. No, and the mental health and Mm -hmm. like all of that comes into play because we have the time to sit and spend with people. Um, so that's, that's really nice. I like that part of my job. I think the big piece of that too, with having that time is the, the time to teach and the time right. to teach women about the powers and strengths of their own bodies, which we don't get typically in our general society. You know, mm-hmm. we get health class in high school where we learn about how our bodies go together, but we don't have a culture that supports talking about how strong we are when we birth and how for a lot of women, it's not a scary thing. And, and it's not a thing that requires fixing. And it's not a thing that requires surviving, that it can be something that can be beautiful. And so Mm -hmm. we've got the time to instill that and instill that confidence in women that yeah, this is something you can do, man, you can, you can definitely do this. You don't necessarily get that in in models that are different than than ours, where we have the luxury of time. So many people are afraid of birth. My mom, exactly. my mom told me that it didn't really hurt, which was a lie for uh. sure. <laughs> but going into my first birth, I was so like I wasn't scared at all, really, about the birth. I was more scared about her being there. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that. Like you put off, you put off your own birth because I think I did. Yeah, yeah. You were like, mm mm. Not ready for that big change. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Our minds are so powerful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was in labor for like 36 hours yeah. with Holly. Yeah. Didn't I phone Julie you a little bit? You did. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready to throw in the towel. And my our friend Tamara was there for the birth um, to support me. And she called Sarah and was like, this is happening. This is happening. And Sarah was like, get her in the tub. Cool. <laughs> I basically just say that for everything. So <laughs> no, but you were the only person of everyone, actually, including my midwife, who realized I was in transition at that point. Oh, ooh, Sarah Lynn, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, transition! What a place! <laughs> what a fucking otherworldly place! It's like you just <laughs> into like um into the everything. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like there's the the world and then there's like the the universe you can't see that's like layered on us and i think like when in transition and when pushing the baby out you just go vunk into yeah. there you are between those worlds you're right? between those you're fucking between... worlds Ooh. should we explain what transition is oh yeah a midwife should <laughs> can one of you lovely ladies i'll take it um 
So transition is the last little bit of what we call the first stage of labor or active labor. And so what's happening in transition is your cervix only has a little bit more to dilate and your baby's really trying to get through the cervix. So there's a lot of pressure down on the cervix. There are a lot of new sensations for women as babies kind of come down through the pelvis to hit all of the right receptors to get us to start pushing, to get that urge to push. And so Typically transition, the contractions are way more intense. They're lasting a little bit longer. It's like your body's trying to do that last little oomph Mm -hmm. to get that cervix gone and the baby on its way. So for most women, it's the most intense part of labor. And I I would say most women ask for help at this stage, Mm -hmm. whether it's any good drugs that are around. um, Yeah, it's it's a really intense time. And so... Um, yeah, some women welcome it because they know what's coming next if they've had babies before, but you know, it can be, it can, yeah, it can blow you away. It's, it's really overpowering. But it comes right before, like for us as clinicians, we're high fiving. We're yeah. like yeah. getting all our stuff, getting all of our stuff out because we know if she's in transition, then the the birth is going well and it's right. progressing and she's almost there. And we, you know, we pull our pom poms out and we get ex- and so the energy tends to shift in transition when as we're getting ready to welcome the baby. It's kind of cool. It's also is it not one of the shortest parts of labor as well? It's like the most intense, but it's also the shortest. So Typically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're yeah. nor- normal, quote unquote. Textbook. 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 There we go. Sure. I like textbook. And then you get, um, I mean, I, I've experienced and, and seen in a lot of women, like the common things that I'm like, oh, this person's in transition. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's not here yet. <laughs> Is that like, yeah, that kind of uh, yeah. panicky, weaky, like the moans get a kind of high pitch. Sometimes yeah. people start vomiting or yep. shaking. Shaking, right? Shaking. I that with you. Vomiting, yeah. belching, any kind of, yeah, heartburn. A lot of women will belching? get Belching? Yeah, belching and, huh. or hiccups, you know, as, as things are moving right. in their bodies. Yeah. There's also a big switch over that's starting to happen with hormones in transition. So like oh. the oxytocin's like at its fucking maximum. It's like raging through your body. So the contractions are one on top of the other. There's less of a breathing space in between, which often yeah. causes that feeling of anxiety of like, holy, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Um, um, and it's also starting to wake us up. So yeah. we've been sort of like sleepy and groggy mm-hmm. for contractions to sort of get through it. And now we're starting to wake up and become more alert because soon our baby is going to come and we need to be alert yeah. to be able to grab our baby and protect our baby primally. Yeah. yeah. Mammals. So that's, re- it's a really interesting shift that's happening hormonally. And then the adrenaline that starts releasing mm-hmm. when you start pushing, like, yeah. yeah. You hear women roar, roar, which I'm so excited to do at the end of this podcast. It does feel like drugs hitting your body. It's interesting that you say about the hormonal shift because not that I've ever done drugs, but when I <laughs> when I imagine it, <laughs> that rush of cocaine. I've yeah, never, I've like, never done cocaine. No, but, but right. or like ecstasy is what I'm thinking of, which yeah. is MDMA, which is actually like Releases, a um, what, what is it? Oxy- uh, serotonin. Yes, that mm, right. But it's like whoa, and you feel a little like barfy sometimes yeah. at first like it's very similar mm. yeah. so it's it's that that switching because the the hormones that are more predominant before then are endorphins which are like morphine which right which bring us down right so we're we're That's what you get of, all like, uh, 
But that switch can sometimes be really, really quick and like bling, wise eyed open, that roar starts right away. And it's like a rush of something, some kind of rushy drug yeah, getting into your yeah. system, getting you out of that down, like f- from a downer to an upper. It's like people take PCP and they get like super fucking strong, but not really. But like it, you're just like, ah, I can do everything. Yeah. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what we want, anyway. Yes. But don't do PCP. No. no. <laughs> Especially not while you're in labor. Not while you're in labor. It's <laughs> a terrible baby, time. Please. No. <laughs> but I think, too, you were saying about, like, the fear around childbirth, and I, th- I think that's part part of it, right? Like, you, what you see in movies is that super intense, anxiety-ridden woman in labor in mm-hmm. the throes of probably what we call transition yeah. <laughs> and it's always this like hectic thing and and she's like fuck you partner i hate you ah, you did this to me yeah. she's <laughs> sweaty why is she so mad yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um yeah and also we are a culture there where we like drama and so yeah. we keep we keep repeating these dramatic right. birth stories but they're I would not still be doing this job if most of the birth stories were like that. Yeah. Who the hell would do that? Yeah. yeah. No, I do my job because most births are really beautiful and joyful or funny or, but not stressful. Right. And no. not to be feared. Mm-hmm. Always transformative, but not in, yeah. in a scary way. And even if you have a C-section or forceps or vacuums or whatever, birth still has the power to be transformative. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean yeah. that if you don't have a vaginal birth that's unmedicated, you can't be transformed by birth. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You can be transformed by birth if you felt like you had good information and you made choices and you were in control of what mm-hmm. was happening to mm-hmm. you. Then it can transform you no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. fantastic. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask this next question. Yeah. What do you ladies love about being a midwife? The list is long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The list is long in it, and I, I often have to go back to it to add things, mostly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but to remind myself of why I still do it, because it's not always easy mm-hmm. as a job. But it's that trans- for me, it's that transformative piece. It's, it's seeing women... And the strength that they never knew they had. Mm. Um, and them recognizing it in themselves. Cool. And what that can do to someone. That for me, like, there's, I, I remember when I was younger thinking, oh, it's going to be the miracle of birth, you know, just seeing that baby come out. Yeah, that's really cool. Our bodies can do that. But that <laughs> woman just did that. That baby yeah. didn't do that. Like, yeah. yeah, she, but she made that baby and then she got that baby out and then that baby changed her. And that is what I love about my job. Cool. Yeah. But being there from the beginning to be able to walk that path with women as they, and they might be having their 10th baby, but it's still going to transform them. Mm -hmm. The world is still going to be different, but that path from the beginning and knowing them from the beginning and, and just walking alongside these women as they have that journey is like, it's pretty, it's an honor. It's such an honor. Definitely keeps me going. Cool. Um, it's hard not to say the same answer as Becca. Like, just to watch families transform through birth is, I mean, it's just amazing. I think for me, it's, it's about the same thing. I just think 
there's so much about my job that I love, which is why I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the connections that I make with people. Mm-hmm. I love that some people are super easy to get along with mm-hmm. and easy to fall in love with, you know, so to speak. And there are people, there are some clients that take more work because they're very different from me. And that's mm-hmm. always more work. Um, but I love where it gets me as a person and it gets us as a unit to sort of like find the common ground between each other and to be able to, you know, in order to be with someone fully in labor and birth, you have to, you have to love them. Like there's Mm. no other way of doing it. I don't, I don't know any other way of doing it Mm because otherwise it would just be filling out check boxes on the piece of paper during labor, making sure the baby's okay. Are you okay? Like, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To me, if there's not that connection, it makes it really hard to be at a birth. And so, yeah, that's that's a big human journey because it's not easy to love everybody. It's so we do our best. <laughs> and I imagine it's not easy for everyone to love us too, no. in the way that we are. We are in this unique position that we get to be with women when often they are their most vulnerable, mm-hmm. and that's. Like that that's the space that we need to hold sacred and that we need to protect because a lot can happen to women in those vulnerable positions. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's part of our duty as midwives is to protect that space. But you you do, you have to have that connection, but it's it it also has to come from them. They have to feel trusting to be able to be in that space and be to open in that space in front of other people, to be able to feel vulnerable, mm-hmm. to be able to reach mm-hmm. that that you know that next part of the journey we have to be a part of that and so yeah i think about that sometimes it's somehow so much easier again just in in my experience myself and watching other women seems so much easier to give birth or more pleasurable i guess is the right word when you can allow yourself that vulnerability when you do feel really safe and taken care of then it goes from something kind of scary or stressful to like oh this is just happening Mm -hmm. such an important space Mm -hmm. and and, but to let yourself if you're pregnant out there to let yourself just Mm -hmm. lean into it because people have you people have your back but just lean into that vulnerability like when you get a massage Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. chill chill Mm -hmm. man it's important that vulnerability piece um because we don't, I don't always know the full story of women's history. Some people are comfortable sharing and some people aren't. And so we work really hard as midwives to make sure that people understand that whatever it is that they choose, as long as they feel good with their choices and they, mm-hmm. they had choice in the, and they're respected, then I don't care what you choose. Like, I don't care if you have an epidural or if you choose because of whatever reason that you want an elective cesarean section or... Like, I don't, we don't care. Mm -hmm. What we really want is people to feel like they've had a voice and they've had a choice and that they get what they want. Mm -hmm. Birth meets you where you're at. And Mm -hmm. this this is what you need. And maybe in another birth, you'll need something very different. And so then you advocate for the the patient as well if you wind up in the hospital, right? Like, have you guys had to fight with doctors in the hall? Or not even necessarily wind up in the hospital too, right? Right. You you can have a midwife and give birth in the hospital right. by choice. Yes. By choice. yes. Right. Yeah. So we do have to check in sometimes with an obstetrician or with other care providers. And if the, if care does have to be transferred, then 
You know, if you've got a great team like ours, we've got a really fantastic team at the Brockville General Hospital, and we've got good relationships with our obstetricians. And so that's not a scary thing. Right. Um, and I find I don't have to do as much advocacy in the hospital that we're in than I've had to in the past. I think it depends on part of the milieu that you're in. But yes, as midwives, of course, we, we've we gotten the chance to get to know these clients. We know their wishes and we know we can be voices for them. If things start going, if we need to involve other specialists, right. then we often do a lot of advocacy. Yeah, I do a crazy thing when I'm not in my own hospital, when I'm transferring, like let's say if we were at the birth center and I'm transferring to an Ottawa hospital where I don't have privileges and I don't know the people, I have this thing where I puff out like I physically make myself big because they don't know me I don't know them this woman's in a vulnerable state she's now changed her birth plan so I make myself super big and assertive and like I make everybody known that like I'm Jose I'm the midwife I know what I'm doing I'm here the situation like Right. I'm the person with the information because this woman's, I mean, she could tell you, but she's in labor. So right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But not in my own hospital because it's just a lovely situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of midwives in this area have struggled with um, their relationship with the hospital because Smith Falls still doesn't allow midwives in, right? They don't. Yeah. No. I think I sent a letter in about that at some point. <laughs> Cool. We'll be talking about more letters as time goes because um, it shouldn't be an option. A hospital like Smith Falls should not have the option of excluding midwives. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like women should have the option of having the care close to home. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like a big push in like in Ontario, but also in Canada, and so. And there are only six hospitals in the entire province of Ontario that do not have midwives privileges. Oh, silly. And Falls is one of the only ones where there's actually midwives in the area that could serve as that. The other hospitals are all very remote in northern communities where there, you know, where there should be midwives. I would pray for midwives to get there someday, but um, there aren't. So that makes sense Mm -hmm. that they don't have midwives, but Smith Falls, no. Yeah, we had to drive to Brockville. All of All of us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah come on guys and what a lovely hospital time. though yeah it was really great it's a great team we yeah i really appreciate our team there and it it changes it changes the way women receive care and it changes the way a birth can be mm-hmm. so it was so us, um obviously like friendly and trusting it was really mm-hmm. interesting because i've had to have uh, both midwives and obstetricians and nurses and stuff involved in all my births and I've never seen such warm, like the doctor was turning to you for the information. Mm. And, you know, you were clearly in, in charge or like in control, in charge or mm-hmm. the head care provider. And the doctor was like, okay, what do you think? <laughs> you know, and it was just so lovely and easy mm. and happy. Mm-hmm. There was no like, because the last thing you need in your labor is like the stress of other people's Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The, the environment around a birthing woman is really important to her birth. And so, yeah, if you're in chaos, you're going to feel chaotic. So you'd mentioned that you have to kind of refer back to your list of what you love about being mm-hmm. a midwife because it's very challenging, I gather. What's the hardest part? 
Um, for me, uh, I can clearly uh, state what I struggle with most is being on call all of right. the time. So I'm the default parent in my house, and I've got three fantastic kids who are busy kids and have things to do sometimes. And and so I'm the, I'm the type of person, I recognize a lot of it as character-based, but I'm the type of person that has to like have all of the micromanaged pieces of my life continuously flowing around my brain. And when you're on call... And, you know, potentially the only one around caring for your kids because my partner works, then it gets exhausting to me sometimes just always being on call and having to at any point in time, drop everything and run. And and it's just in that moment, those are the only moments I don't like is the panic of figuring out where I need to be. Once I'm on the road and the kids are taken care of right. and that part is organized, I start getting really excited and I start remembering why it is that I love it. But, it, but constantly anticipating that moment of like five minute moment of chaos while I organize everybody's life yeah, um, is enough to sometimes exhaust me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then your time isn't really your time while you're on call, right? No. And, and my family, uh, what I struggled with when my kids were younger was my family. There were moments when I could not prioritize my family, where my work takes priority over my family for the Mm -hmm. most part. And that's hard when you've got kids. Yeah. 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 For me, anyway, that's my struggle. Yeah, I always say to people, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm holding out my pager. And when I when I get to go on holidays, I put my pager literally away in a desk off. And it's like a, a weight of 40 women and their families that I constantly carry in this pager. Right. And it, like, mm. for all of a sudden, the only people I'm caring for are my family and myself. Uh-huh. Um, and that is like a, it's a super neat feeling for me. I always love that day on the first day of holidays when I get to, yeah, it's like, oh, wait a minute. And it's not a weight that I don't like carrying. It's just Mm -hmm. the reality of like there's all these people who depend on me doing my job and following up on blood work and ultrasounds and writing consultations. And like our job is so much more than just going to births. There's a lot of other office work. A lot of like loose ends. And management. Endless loose ends kind of like, oh, checking in on blood work or checking in on like little... Little bibits. Little bibits. Calling the person who's struggling with mental health, like calling them every day and making sure they're okay, or going to do visits every day for babies that aren't gaining weight and the Mm -hmm. breastfeeding's a challenge and like our lives can get really busy really fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me the hardest part of midwifery is remaining centered, like figuring out space in my midwifery life and my real life, (laughs) which is different than my midwifery life. Um just finding ways to stay centered because otherwise I can spin out of control pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And so those practices for me are incredibly, incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's a hard job. It's a fucking hard <laughs> job. You guys. I think it's it, there's there's an emotional piece to it too. So so much like women when they have babies, they go through emotional highs and lows, and it's a lot of it's hormone related. So you're on this like big adrenaline rush after right. your baby's born, and then like day three hits, and you're Baby sobbing moves. in the corner, and and you don't know where you are. So we we do the. I find I do the same thing. Like I come home from a birth, and I'm feeling really great, and. Um, but then I also feel, you know, when you when you hit that high for a while, you're eventually going to come down. And so I find there is an emotional, I don't want to say tax, it's like, 
it, it, energy. We yeah. give a lot of mm -hmm. energy. We share a lot of our energy and there are some women who need it more and there are some women who need it less. Mm -hmm. um, but that sometimes the giving away of almost all the energy you have can be exhausting. Yeah. And you need a way to refill your bucket. Yes. It's Thank about, it's about, it's about learning how to keep your bucket mostly full. Yeah. And that balance, that life balance of what you love to do and what you're really passionate about, which is for me, my job, midwifery, I love it. But also finding balance with um, having your life outside of midwifery. <laughs> I think also, you guys are like up all night all the time. That's yeah. got to be hard. I can't. With age. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't party old. like I used to <laughs> at all. No. If it's so funny because like I started this 19 years ago and I could do two, three births in a row, back to back okay. nights, no problems. And then now all of a sudden I go to a birth, I'm up one full night and it <laughs> yeah. takes me three days before mm, I'm I even hungover anymore, mm -hmm. which to me is wild. It's like, what? I used to snap back. Like, yeah. no. You didn't used to have two kids also. Yeah. 40s, I think 40s hit me that way too. Like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need more recovery time is longer. It's that hungover feeling. Like yeah. I feel Ugh. nauseous and groggy and tired. Yeah, right. I'm like clammy. Yeah. I hate yeah. that feeling, being up all night. Yeah, <laughs> hungover. <laughs> but we're actually hungover. Yeah, but <laughs> even when I don't get enough sleep, I get like kind of sweaty and gross feeling. Yeah. 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 So the tough part is living that piece while still out and going back to visit those people and doing your clinic day and, and, and dealing with your children's tent. Dealing, dealing and with the dishes and like the life, life. life in your house when you're trying to sleep during the daytime and there's oh, yeah. their lives. Especially when you live in a yurt. You you guys i know with no walls <laughs> goofs i know it Goofy is goobers. like sometimes getting <laughs> sleep is hard um but you're like pull over and sleep in your car all oh, the time <laughs> i set my alarm for 10 minutes like i can do 10 minute snoozers sometimes it takes me like four stops depending on how far away i get i am but i set my alarm for 10 minutes i put my seat back i leave the radio on low enough that i can't understand what they're saying but enough right. of a distraction and <sighs> snore for 10 minutes then get up <laughs> try. Uh, so you guys are expert nappers <laughs> yes yeah it's a skill. I don't drive anymore the, the way I used to. I used to nap on the road a lot, and I still do very infrequently. But now, now I either sleep at people's houses mm -hmm. in their spare room for an hour or two before I drive home, or I go to the clinic and sleep there. Mm -hmm. But um, I just can't do it anymore. I, in coming back from Kingston once at a birth, I saw a moose in the road. Like, not a moose, um, like an imaginary moose. <laughs> Slammed on the brakes, and then there was a person on a bicycle, which also wasn't who also wasn't there. Oh my god! I was totally hallucinating. Oh wow! Thought, oh my no! That, so that was the point where I stopped driving home and having naps on the way. Yeah. Like, -uh. Bye. <laughs> I usually have a person I can call, like depending on the time, but my husband used to say to me, just call me when you're driving. And at one point in time, he asked me to pull over and I couldn't understand why. And he said, you've just been talking about the dream you're having now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you need to pull over. You've just been talking about the dream you're having <laughs> now. Okay. Like I was <laughs> dreaming and driving and talking to him, which oh felt so unsafe. So yeah. So we don't do that. No police officers on this. <laughs> They're just going to follow all the midwives around. Now. <laughs> but I never get to that place anymore. I know I know that place. I Yeah, I know when I'm getting there. So yeah. now I pull over and I sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So part of the reason we wanted to have you guys on the podcast is because there's been a lot of talk about midwifery in Ontario in the last few months because our premier, who we hate, Boo. Doug Ford. Boo. Did he cut like all the funding to the Ontario College of Midwives or what was what's happening? He cut a bunch of funding, right? Yes. Yes. So like, are you guys screwed? What happens? So um, in Ontario right now, we are one of the only colleges that does get funding from the government. Okay. So there are other bigger colleges, the colleges of physicians and surgeons out of Ontario, that don't get the same type of administrative funding that we do through our college, simply because they have a whole lot more members who pay a whole lot less fees. But when you've got a number, a much, much bigger number of people, then there's more money to be able to support the administrative function of the college. So, so that's where the funding was reviewed. So first they said they were, there was a little bit of miscommunication in the press. First they said they were cutting it. Then they were saying it's under review. Okay. I'm not even sure if we've got like a final what's going on because enough of a women stepped up their voice. Like when, when it was announced that they were going to cut the funding, um, women across Ontario protested and we had such a huge outcry of women who were like, uh, uh, dudes, you can't do that. These are our ladies. We need them. Um, which is great. Uh, so, so then the, then they came out with, well, we'll, we'll review it. So I'm not sure if we're at a okay. final decision, but it's the administrative funding and we're, we're funded because we are a small college. There aren't many of us. And so in order to be able to function, the function of our college is to protect the public. And so we were funded for that piece and that is mm-hmm. what's on the table. It just means we'll have to pay more as fees to be midwives which we've already received a notice about right so we already mm. pay about what four grand a year oh more, than more than that four to five i think we're closer to five now so we pay a lot of money to do our jobs that doesn't seem right no that seems the opposite of what but we don't do. we're typically when you look at midwives there are a few of us who are doing it for the money Right. <laughs> that doesn't mean you shouldn't be making the money. No, oh my it God. doesn't. But which is why we took our case to yes. the Human Rights Tribunal, which is yeah. like the biggest story in the midwifery world, in my opinion. Yeah. Ford, eh, I don't really want to afford him much time. Yeah. Um, but certainly the fact that midwives um, got together and brought this case forward to the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario, um, and we won. Yeah. Yay. Yay. It's like such a momentous moment and it's kind of like fizzled a little bit with like, you know, government and yada, yada. But, um, you know, it's a big win and it's already afforded other people across this planet to use our case as a precedent to to start winning their cases in other countries, which is like a really big, big big piece in pay equity. So we feel really proud about that. That's awesome. Except Thank that the you. government has refused to acknowledge the findings. No. Y- yeah. Yeah. Like that's, they're. That's the backsliding. Yeah. Um, but you know, Doug Ford, he's like cutting all kinds of healthcare. Like healthcare in education. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, in Ontario is like he wants to cut now. What did I read this morning? 
cutting health care costs by removing anesthesia for colonoscopies. He just wants people not to be anesthetized because that's a $16 million expense in Ontario um, to be giving to be using an anesthetist to anesthetize a patient for a colonoscopy. Um, he wants to, like, he's removing I don't want to feel that. No. Him. No, there's just a lot. He's removing, like, pain management. Um, mm. Yeah. I wish I had a better memory for what I read this morning, but OHIP is, like, Ugh. looking at a whole lot of costs. No. Yeah. That's not doing us a favor. God, what's up with that guy? So I think... Egg has had it. Who we voted for him? Ah. Hopefully no one listening to this podcast. <laughs> Stop Ew. listening. Stop We're listening. not into you anymore. <laughs> And we mean it. I this think it's, it's, safe, it's safe to say that midwives will always be working in Ontario. So we Good. always have, a, as a college and as a group of midwives, have said we will not stop doing our jobs. Um, we are certainly committed to doing our jobs. And I think that we'll always have the ability to do that. But certainly it gets easier or harder depending on who's in office. Mm, lame. Totally lame. Because our jobs are needed, right? Like, yeah. I think we're a necessary function. We need to. We need For sure. needs to be more midwives, kind of like in the UK where midwives are the norm. Yeah. Right. There yeah, has like to be a midwife at every birth, right? Like, yeah. it's like, that's who has your baby with you. Is You don't really get a choice. You get a midwife yeah. unless, unless your care is, unless you're high risk. Yeah. But even right. if you're high risk, you have to have a midwife involved in your care. Yes. Yeah. People are still so misinformed. My mother-in-law, who's a really sweet lady, and she's actually a pharmacist. She's very well educated, but she was so worried when I was pregnant with our first child that I was going with a midwife and planning an unmedicated <laughs> home birth. And she's a smart lady, you know, uh, like she just, because people have horror stories and that's all you hear about. You don't hear about like the millions of easy successful births Mm -hmm. right like well and i find people only hear about um like when people think of midwives they're like okay there's joni mitchell and there's patchouli and there's birkenstocks Birkenstocks. and dancing naked around the maypole yeah Yeah. and i mean i mean that's accurate right but there's (laughs) more too you guys (laughs) <laughs> there are a whole lot of midwives out there who are not at all like yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. there are some who are, for sure. Well, and you can get, like, if you want your home birth, a water birth, your music, your candles, like, you're awesome. If you want to have a hospital birth. Awesome. Awesome. Like, I, I was lucky enough that I got to go have a hospital birth that I wanted with my midwives. And it was fucking amazing. It was the mm. best ever. And I got to be at a hospital and I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just one or the other. Mm-hmm. Lots of choice. I think the key for us as midwives is providing that choice. Yeah. You guys are the best. <laughs> we certainly love what we do. Yeah. You know what? We are now in a super privileged position in, in Canada as midwives to have amazing data on our side. We have oh, yes. Yes. how safe out-of-hospital birth mm-hmm. is, um, and it's equal to hospital birth. You are putting yourself at no increased risk whether you choose one or the other. And I, I just think, like, how lucky are we to, to have, have the actual that, to be able to provide people with, right. mm-hmm. here's the actual data from, yeah. you know, all of mm. these years around Canada. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. So when people are misinformed, mm-hmm. often just redirect them to the Association of Ontario Midwives. Hey, there's a good video and there's the data available. Mm-hmm. Go inform yourselves and then yeah. have a conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh. And, 
Sorry? No, you go ahead. I was just going to say the thing specifically, she'd heard a story about a baby that had been born in the hospital, not with midwives, and had the cord wrapped around her neck or something, and she would have died if she'd been at home doing a home birth. Like, oh, that was the, the rhetoric sentence, of it. Right? No. That's always the sentence. Yeah. We, we also often get, like, some families, you know, they're planning a home birth, but we transfer in for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes complications, and then after the complications, well, we're... So, like so thankful we were in the hospital yeah because we brought you there yeah because <laughs> we you we knew you needed to be right <laughs> so that's why we're here that's why we're at the hospital to keep you safe because it's our job because like we're yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we're thankful you're in the hospital we we knew it was the that's best so place funny. for you to be <laughs> that's so good. it happens way more often than you think yeah wow mm-hmm. so thankful we were at the hospital for this birth yeah yeah we Mm-hmm. Drove you right in. Drove you right in. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, okay, this is. I have a quick question yeah. for people listening who might be pregnant, might be getting pregnant, might be whatever, whatever. What are some good books or resources that you would suggest our our listeners check out for birth and stuff like that? I love Ina Megas. Anything she writes. Anything. No, anything she writes. But she does have a newer book that's about pregnancy and childbirth and like a breastfeeding one. Oh, the breastfeeding one's and so then good. And there's the like age old classic of like spiritual midwifery. Yeah, yeah. The psychedelic. Uh, they're so oh, high man. and they're all having babies yeah. and they're just it's so high. And like, it's just <laughs> yeah, love and it. Good. But um, what I really love about Ina May's birth books breastfeeding birth or spiritual midwifery is that she has a ton of like space in her book where it's just about positive birth stories yes absolutely mm-hmm. and breastfeeding stories they all end like end in like the you know glorious orgasmic vaginal birth that's not no, what I mean yeah. positive birth stories but where women felt empowered and they made choices and they were happy with and respected in their choices so, so it's mm-hmm. anime's guide to childbirth anime's, anime's guide to, childbirth, guide to yeah. breastfeeding and spiritual, and spiritual, spiritual midwifery. Edition 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 37. <laughs> there's lots, there's so much out there available. Like if you, it's really confusing to go to a, like a big box bookstore mm-hmm. in the pregnancy section because you're going to get 25 different titles on 25 different ways to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. Right. And how to do it right. And, uh, and, and really just get yourself a midwife and we'll talk to you about that mm-hmm. stuff. But you just have to eat well and be well and move. And, yeah. you know, there, there isn't any. I find some of the books quite fear-inducing in women. Ooh, what to expect when you're I, I've it's been like waiting to say that. Number one burn book. It's it like holds up the foot of your table that's wobbly. Yes, yeah. yes. Or raise the raise the head of your bed when you're when you have heartburn at yes. the end of your pregnancy, for sure. Like it's just so fearful, and birth doesn't need to be fearful. There are a whole lot of birth videos on YouTube. And they're kind of fun to watch. I love them. I love them. I spent so much of my pregnancy watching birth videos and yeah. just fucking sobbing every time. Yes. We're down to Melody's favorite question. Oh, is it? <laughs> is it? Is it? I thought it was. It's it's like yeah, it's a fun question. <laughs> is it? What are you guys listening to? Anything fun? Any podcasts music, or podcasts, music, radio shows, uh, books on tape. Okay, so I 
No, no books on tape because my car no longer has a CD player. Mm. It's a sad state of affairs. Because it's so new and fancy? Yeah. Is it because you're trying to put a tape in your CD player and it broke it? <laughs> oh, that's what was happening. Shit. What? Um, I am listening to Passenger. I'm like a little bit ah. lost from the past these, this week. So I'm yeah. listening to a lot of Passenger and um, some LP because... Um, oh, just LP! Gets, just gets that juices flow on everything. Yeah, like oh, nice. Yeah, my mom introduced me to LP. Mm-hmm. LP is like a, a more mellow, less offensive version of Peaches in <laughs> the way they present themselves and their like subject matter. <laughs> I love her song "Lost on You." It's like my favorite at the moment. Yeah. Cool. When you get older, playing a saint. We're having a lot of fun in our house right now. I'm not in charge of the music in our house. Um, It's my husband and he goes through phases of things that he likes the best. And he sings in a choir and their their spring concert is on Saturday. So he's been listening to a lot of the music that he sings. And he's part of a traditional Swiss choir. So it's folk songs and yodeling. Yes, I love yodeling! (laughs) But it's been like he's playing it in the truck and he's playing it at home. And so he had the kids out at Scouts, and they came in from the truck, and all three of my children were yodeling a traditional Swiss folk song. And it was a really beautiful thing. Oh, I love that. It was so cool. It was so cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're listening to in our house, traditional folk Swiss folk songs. Of course. Can I yodel for us? I can't yodel. <laughs> there is no Swiss in me. I can't eat cheese anymore. It's so sad. Not until tonight. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's one of Greg's favorite uh, pretend pickup lines. He's like, do you have any Irish in you? And I'm like, no. You want <laughs> some? You want some? Like, <laughs> I love you, Greg. I can't wait to make sweet love to you later. <laughs> What what do you like to listen to when you make love to Greg, Sarah? <laughs> the quiet, sleeping sounds of my children. So they know they're not awake. What At home, fucking Greg's been listening. Oh, poor Greg. I love him so much. I've been pretty hard on him this episode. Uh, he's been listening to this fucking podcast. Guess how I feel about it. <laughs> it's called Your Favorite Band Sucks. And he thinks it's hysterical like greg lols and he's not a real giggler or a laugh out louder really and he's just all i hear is fucking giggles all the time i've walked into your house thinking greg was in the kitchen talking to someone having a great and he's time right? having the best time ever like greg he's is laughing pretty stoic actually yeah, like he'll laugh he at is. jokes but like you know he's, he's a stoic he's guy. like pretty quiet like pretty dry sense of humor mm-hmm. And he was laughing and like carrying on, and he was just in there listening to the podcast yeah. by himself. <laughs> yeah. So it's great that he loves it and he's having such a great time, except it's this fucking horrible podcast where it's just these two guys, these two dudes, real chads, 
And, uh, <laughs> and they have these annoying voices and they just fucking hate on everything. So everybody's like, okay, the Beatles, Nirvana, fucking whatever. Every band mm. ever, basic, as far as I can tell. And they just spend, Weezer, fucking everything. And they just spend like an hour talking about why that band fucking sucks. And they're just like ruthless and fucking mean. And at first it was funny. I listened to a little bit of it and I was like, ah, yeah, like you too. Give me a break, Bono. You know, like <laughs> take off the glasses, you dick. But, well, um, but then it just gets like, okay, I get it. You're so cool. And then, you know, they, Greg put on some horrible band the other night. I was like, what is this? This sucks. Like, this is really shitty music, man. He's like, oh, it's one of the suggestions from those guys from the podcast. Guess what? Their favorite band sucks. <laughs> and I'm like mad at them. I, I hear them. I'm like, yeah, well, fuck you. I like Nirvana. The bastards. But anyway, so it's been hard for me because he's always got these two dickheads being real jackasses all over my house. And I just want to kick their fucking asses. That's what we're listening to. Uh-huh. And that's what she's going to do if you leave a bad review. I'm gonna <laughs> kick, I'm gonna she's going to kill you. Fucking house and light your car kick on your fire. fucking ass and I'm going to light your car on fire. Yeah. I'm going to steal your fucking dog. <laughs> and give it to someone who wants a dog that's not you. Okay. That's what happens when I'm surrounded by this hate. It makes me so mad. You're a real sponge, you know? I'm a real sponge. Like, I've made, I've worked myself up. Hi. Okay, what have you been listening to? Well, I've been listening to... <laughs> I've been listening to, I think I mentioned last time, a lot of podcasts about social media because I'm working Mm -hmm, on like mm -hmm. streamlining our social media process for the podcast because I am hell bent on making this podcast well known. Mm -hmm. So word of mouth, by the way. Yeah. Shout out word of mouth. Um, But I've been listening to a couple that are really interesting and great. One is called the Savvy Social Podcast. And she basically explains all of this stuff about social media and promotion and marketing that you just about podcasts or about like life things things um in general but it's a lot of it is geared towards podcasters but it's really interesting like the strategy she talks about she just lays it all out there and she does this for money but then she gives it all for free on her podcast so that's a really good resource if you're interested and then one called the science of social media which is also really interesting because it's literally a social science then you're gonna tell me everything you learn (laughs) yeah we're all gonna get rich quick yeah Slash be able to afford groceries. Yay, rich. <laughs> be able to see the poverty line. That's my dream. I'm like, we're going to get rich, Greg. But what I mean when I say that is that I, the poverty line's like in view. Like, there it is. I can see it now. I'm going to see it one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. Listen to these podcasts and you'll learn how. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming, you guys. Uh, Thank you so much. This is fun. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah, do we get to roar soon? Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do some plugs just for a sec. Secaroo. Not a thing. So you can find the podcast at Teach Me Tiger Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Our website is at teachmetigerpodcast.ca. And we're also on Patreon, where for as little as $2 a month, you can gain access to all of the bonus content from every episode. And you can pay more than that and get more perks. Yeah, so. perks. Perks, perks, perks. Perks. Jose, mm. do you have anything you would like to plug? Like, could you plug your midwifery practice? Hey, Generations <laughs> Midwifery Care. We're based out of Brockville. You can find us on social media and online. Yep. 
great social media generation. presence, actually. Great social media. Yeah, we do. We write lots of blogs and we do some Facebook live videos and we, we basically give content and share the information that we share with our clients to the world, which is great. So yeah. that's all done through our Facebook page and through our, our website. Lots of awesome blogs that we've written. Jose's written some really great ones. Ditto. Yeah. Well, some, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Um, and so it's a great source of information for, for women who are pregnant. Um, and I think we have, I'm, I'm sure we have Instagram. We used to have Instagram, but I don't know how these things work. So Facebook, we definitely have a generation. Yeah. midway for a I don't have Instagram at all. It's fun. You're I don't out. understand it. Really? <laughs> I don't. I love it. I, I love it, it for my business. Right. That's why I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone who follows me on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, could you fucking do it? Where do we where do we find you on Instagram, Sarah? Just the tip hand poke tattoos. It's a great name. Just, Just the, the tip. tip is so funny. Pew, 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 pew. I love it. Yeah, she's um, such a pervert, and she really I'm puts such, it out there. You I know? really put <laughs> just the tip out there. <laughs> I tattooed one of these lovely midwives today. Just Becca. this morning, it was so much fun. Just, just this morning, just the tip. Time. Just this morning, just mm-hmm. the tip. Just I, I got just the tip. <laughs> just <laughs> over and over again, all morning long. Ew, I hate that. <laughs> oh no, it's my own name. Fuck, <laughs> Mel. Where can we find you? Uh, MelodyStarkweather.ca. Cool. Is where you can find me for all the stuff. I make art. Art. And it's there. Art. Art. <laughs> thanks again so much for coming on, Becca and Jose. And thanks so much to everyone for listening. Thanks, you guys. We Sorry really about all the mean shit I it. said about you earlier. Yeah, we're, we're back on. We're friends. With the listeners. Again. <laughs> yeah, okay. This happens every episode. It's such a whirlwind of emotion. <laughs> um, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. We'd really appreciate it. And And remember, remember, folks, it's it's a jungle jungle out there. Roar! Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) Those are the best we ever had! (laughs) So good. Teach me, Tiger, how to tease you. People take PCP and they get like super fucking strong, but not really. But like, you're just like, ah, I can do everything. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Anyway. Yes. But don't do PCP. No. no. Especially not <laughs> while you're in labor. Not when you're in labor. <laughs> it's a terrible baby, time. Please, no. Ah.